I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. As I forgot to turn on my light here, that's a small bit better. Well, it's a bit better for me, but it's probably a bit worse for you guys because you can now fully see my illuminated face. But uh, you can also see the lovely training top that I got. Uh, I love this new Castor stuff. I'm going to say it. I love it. It's the best training stuff that's been out in donkey's years for Aston Villa. And I said it as well on the on the Villa View, and that's not just because we were flogging a a thirty percent off code last last week. Um, this stuff is really really good, and I went to and I bought a bounty of it um last week, and I must say it's absolutely top quality stuff. But we were just waiting on Paddy. Paddy is going to join us in a moment, and we've kind of been away. You know, podcasts have been sporadic; they've been few and far between over the last four to six weeks, and you know we've obviously covered games and pre-game team sheet tantrum. Post game stuff, rightly or wrongly, we've gone directly after matches and things like that. And uh, I just wanted, I suppose, first of all, to, to kind of address that as well. It's just that um, it's not that we've lost our love for podcasting or anything. It's just myself and Patty have been extraordinarily busy in in work. Number one, and, and number two is um, I've taken on some extracurricular activities. I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing a, an acting gig at the moment, which is uh, taking up way more time than I thought I was doing than I thought it would. So um as I say, it's not that we're neglecting the podcast or the podcast is falling to the wayside or anything like that. We will be back with lots more content um over the coming weeks, uh, obviously covering any of the games as we can. And as we get close to the World Cup, we will be kind of I've got a I've got an idea for something to do during the World Cup as well that might be interesting for people. Um, I don't know if it's going to come to fruition yet, but we will have content during the World Cup break. And then obviously, you know, January is only around the corner then, which is one of my favorite times of the year. We're back into transfer market stuff. Yeah, you thought you were going to get rid of me uh, for transfer market stuff, but you're not because that is my favorite time of the year. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk a bit about Forest and Villa today. Um, an intriguing fixture. I think a fixture that both my Pat, myself and Paddy when the... When Forrest got promoted, both myself and Paddy mentioned that we would love to go, love to have gone to this game in Nottingham, gone to this away fixture. It would have been nice to be able to go to, but obviously they screwed the pooch by putting it on a Monday night. Uh, I can understand why they put it on a Monday night because there will be lots of eyes on this. Um, 
considerable considering that the, the Nottingham Forest, I suppose, have been uh, up and down, more so down, I suppose, over over the course of this season so far. Obviously, you've had the drama with Steve Cooper, um, and obviously signing his new contract. And when Paddy jumps on in a moment, um, we will be discussing that. And also, what we have as well is we've got a wonderful little uh, little vignette from um one of my good mates uh on the the 1865 podcast uh, Rich Ferrero um is going to be um going to be playing that later on just giving us a kind of a a fan synopsis of Nottingham Forest what's gone on over the course of the the summer what's got been going on over the last the course of the last couple of weeks and so on and I think it's important not for us to make our own mind up with regards to it because I know how pissed off we got when everyone says we were doing a Fulham and uh, us as fans, obviously, we knew why we had to spend, but people were willfully not understanding it, uh, wanting not to understand why we needed to spend money. And I think I thought, I thought long and hard about what what the best way to, I suppose, approach that was. And I said, you know what, I might as well get Rich to come on and explain the whole situation to us because uh, I think the way that like Forest have, it was a lot of eyebrows raised with the amount of players that they did sign, but. Maybe they didn't need to sign as many players as they did, but they certainly needed to needed to open up the checkbook and sign uh, a decent whack of players, considering the, the the position that they were in last season. Paddy's finally got up and running again. I'm going to pop him into the stream here. Paddy, how goes it? Good evening. Paddy, is that a Galway United jersey? It sure is. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> things things you don't expect to see. Oh, PC. I'm a DC tribute, uh, Galway United shirt from uh, last year. It was a 40th anniversary of Eamon DC winning the league with Aston Villa. So, uh, yeah, see a lot of people ask me if I've calmed down. Yeah, I, I was calm last week. That was me calm. <laughs> you're not as good. At, you're not that good a line, Paddy. You're not that. Good. <laughs> no, but I, I, I look. I think every so often, you know. And and uh, I I think last week's podcast it was up and it was down it was every which way but I think it just showed a level of frustration that you know we're kind of seeing things repeat themselves again and 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 look those kind of blowouts are 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 okay to have every so often but I think we're going to look forward towards this match because this is a game that both myself and Paddy agree that we should uh, while while I don't want to say this I don't want to be yeah, we we get to it in a moment, but this is a game that uh, that needs to be looked at through a different lens than the Leeds yeah. game, um, because of the look, way Leeds game transpired. I, I just got to address all the things that I said because I, I I literally got messages from all over the world asking me was I okay Sunday and Monday, um, but as my good friend Kevin that sits in front of me in, in Villa Park will thankfully say that's me on a normal day. <laughs> I'm quite I'm quite likely during the match to lose my head like that. That's why we we would never do a live <laughs> a live um, a live watch along. Well, I certainly wouldn't. I don't know about you because I I, I actually I, the st- steam comes out of my ears watching matches. Especially I might. I, 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 I know. I, what like I know I went all in on Ollie Watkins. I, I I make absolutely no apologies for it. I meant it. I meant every word I said on the podcast. But I, I put the full blame of how annoyed I was at, at, at the feet of Steven Gerrard's press conference after the game. And it just annoyed the shit out of me. And it's still grinding on me. And John Steele, who messaged me during the week with exactly this opening gripe, Gerrard said in the presser that he thinks 24-7 about Villa. Yet while 
Well, he says the kids, I, I think, is more important than calling them kids were playing in the Papa John's. He was at Liverpool and Rangers. It did annoy me. It absolutely annoyed me when I saw it because I knew we were playing in the Papa John's trophy, which I had on my iPad with the Rangers and Liverpool game above it. So, uh, yeah, it annoyed me when he, when he appeared on screen, given the fact that this is the these guys, some of them are going to be the future of our club or possibly the future of our club. That's the, one, that's the one he should be at. Some of them could be playing left-back next Monday night. <laughs> you know? and, and and I kind of half mean that facetiously because we can get mm. on to it in a moment because we are well I, I was watching you there before while I was trying to get on I was watching it on my phone and what, what you said about me uh, want, really wanting to go to this Knott's Forest game I wasn't going to take two days off work to go and see it yeah. but uh, I think I would have had to bring my boots Neil well I was I was uh, we were messaging during the week and I and I think Paddy Obviously, outside of Ashley Young, who we will say is the backup right back, but I think you would have been the highest scoring left back to play for Aston Villa this year if you did actually get on the field. I definitely you've scored more goals in front of the holes than either <laughs> of the two current incumbents. I think. Well, yeah, it, is, it is. It is. It is about four years since, or at least three years since I scored in front of the holes. But anyway, the fastest guys. I think Paddy has it on his social media. Go and look at it. It was penalty. But I've never seen someone run as fast to pick up the ball to put it down on the penalty spot as Paddy did. Is uh, Speedy <laughs> Gonzalez moment? Uh, no, as I say, look, they're the kind of things that you can't take away from anyone. Jesus, you've seen enough people in over your time scoring in front of the whole thing. Hopefully, at some stage, I'll get the honour to play, to waddle around the field and <laughs> and boot people up in the air at the, in front of the whole thing at some stage. But uh, you never know. Maybe I might get my head on a glancing header. Uh, at some stage from a corner or something, but uh, I certainly won't be stepping up to take a, take a penalty anyway because uh, I don't have the best record in penalties. Um, I'm a bit of an Ollie Watkins when it comes to penalties at times. Um, anyway, actually, I don't even know if Ollie Watkins is a good or bad record of penalties, but uh, it's just I think a case missed, he definitely missed one anyway. Memory says correct. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to talk about Nottingham Forest, but what I'm going to do first, I think, guys, is before we start going in and start giving the gospel according to Neil and Paddy, let's get the let's get the actual lowdown on Nottingham Forest from a Nottingham Forest fan. I mentioned it previously. Uh, delighted to, uh, to to have been able to sit down or to be, be able to get rich, should I say, to sit down and give us a little synopsis about what's going on at the city ground. Uh, after their promotion, because as I say, I don't want to mischaracterize Nottingham Forest. I, I, I respect that football club way too much to do this at uh, our proper football club. They're, well, sorry, they're a proper football town. Um, it's a, it is a proper football club. They've had some, like us, they've had some charlatans over them. They've had some, some false dawns and so on. It's taken them a long time to get back to the Premier League. And I wanted to, wanted to get Rich's um, view on this. You guys may remember Rich. He did a Keenan Davis um, loan watch with us during the summer as well. So you may be familiar with him. But without further ado, we're going to play a little vignette that Rich did for us explaining the situation at, at, uh, at Forest. And what I get you guys to do is just to make sure that you can hear the audio in this video, I might get somebody just to pop a thumbs up or something like that in the comments as well, because uh, I don't want to play this out for three or four minutes and then realize that there was no audio on it. So here goes nothing. Here's Rich from the 1865 Nottingham Forest podcast to tell us all about the ongoings at the City Ground at this moment in time. Hi there, I'm Rich Ferraro and I'm the host of 1865 The Nottingham Forest Podcast. I've been asked to give you a short explainer of the situation at the city ground and whether we're really doing a Fulham or maybe a Villa under Dean Smith, you decide. So the things that you know. 
Forrest unexpectedly got promoted in the summer. It's a wonderful day out at Wembley. And despite being rock bottom when Steve Cooper was appointed just over a year ago, they had this meteoric rise in which Cooper established a style of play. He built the confidence of, of a ragtag team, which included five loanees, a few veterans and a borderline basket case in between the sticks. Now, in truth, we got promoted too early, didn't we? And we're discovering how hard it, it really is. So um, of the team that, that came up, we had some low knees, so Zinkenagel and Lowe were, were not pursued, rightly or wrongly. Jed Spence had his heart set on Tottenham, where he's played one minute of Premier League football against us. And Jimmy Garner was left in limbo at Man United um, because Eric Ten Hag said he wanted to have a look at him, so didn't make him available for transfer and meant that Forrest had to pursue other options in the meantime. Your lad, Keenan Davis, he was really popular, but he did miss half of his loan spell at the City Ground due to injury, which meant that a 15 million price tag didn't feel realistic, so we signed Taiwo Awanyi for 17 million instead. So, we had eight or nine first teamers leaving, including our skipper and former Villa Loney, Lewis Graben, and therefore we didn't have enough players for a team, never mind a 25 man squad. So despite all the publicity about us making 22 signings, there's only one man from last season who was regularly in the squad who's missed out. And Kafu can consider himself really unlucky, actually. So there's two problems with all of these signings. Number one, how does the manager make use of all of them? As an example, poor Harry Tofflow, he started the season well at left back, but he's been dispensed with for Renan Lodi. And that's probably unfairly in the opinion of a lot of fans. Uh, Julien Biancon must also be wondering what he needs to do to get a game either at centre-half or right-back in a back four. The other question is, are they like-for-like -like signings? Have we replaced the players we've lost? And the obvious answer is no. So neither Awanyi nor Emmanuel Dennis can offer the kind of presence and stickability that Big Keenan could. And although Remo Freule is clearly a class player, it's taken him a while to get used to the Premier League, whereas Jimmy Garner kind of maybe would have been a little bit more climatised, albeit at a higher level. And all of this means that Steve Cooper has been struggling to make the best of it. And to be honest, he hasn't helped himself with all of his team selection and tactics. We can only hope that there's not too much pressure from above to play some of those certain signings. Um, I've heard that billionaire owners can be notoriously demanding. The worst thing has been that we had played well, particularly against West Ham and Spurs. But we have got worse <laughs> as the season's gone on and the, there's no real sign of footballing identity. And of course, every time that you lose, confidence ebbs away. So we know that you have your own problems. So our hope for Monday's match is that the show of support for the fans, from the fans rather, for Steve Cooper is going to galvanise our team, scare the bejesus out of Villa and, and also send a message that Cooper does have our backing. He's not been infallible, but this is a guy with a lot of credit in the bank. And he showed last season that he can take this ragtag bunch and make them into someone, a, a, a team that's got a real philosophy and a real effectiveness. So that's where we're going with that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Excellent. And thank you so much to Rich uh, from the 1865. Isn't there something wonderful about an English accent saying, scared to be Jesus? (laughs) Yeah, I was was messaging. I was messaging. That had to be done intentionally. Did you just do that because we were Irish? <laughs> I know. But no, thanks very much to, to Rich for taking the time to, to do that today. As I say, uh, he's one of the good guys and um, they put on a really, really good podcast there as well in the 1865 podcast. But look, I suppose it, it, it's very easy for everybody to form their own opinions on what's going on at Nottingham Forest. But like there is always context and underlying bits and pieces to it. And I know, like, as I say, it really irked me the year that we got, got promoted to hear people talk about Aston Villa as if they knew what the hell was going on. They didn't have a notion. Not a clue did they have what was going on with Aston Villa Football Club. Not a clue did they have what went on with Aston Villa Club, Football Club for, for the 18 months prior to that. And it was all just a case of, oh, I've read it. I've, I, somebody somebody filled me in for 30 seconds before I went on, on TV or before I went on the radio. And it's, it's galling when that happens. And as I say, we've been there. So instead of being what I hate, I said I would get Rich to pop on. And what, what Rich said there, a couple of things there he said about uh, Steve Cooper. That was recorded prior to, um, was it recorded prior to Steve Cooper getting the, the, the contract? I think it was. Um, but it actually it was. Did yeah. he not mention something about getting behind Steve Cooper there? I don't know. Anyway. He did, yeah, at the, at the very end. Actually, well, he sent it to me last night and the, and the contract was only announced this morning, so it must have been recorded <laughs> beforehand. But yeah. um, we'll get back to that, to that piece as well. But I think what... I think what he mentioned there that kind of sets them apart and sets their situation apart is that Cooper has a lot of credit in the bank. Cooper has, he mentioned a couple of times, they're a ragtag bunch of guys. He's brought them together. He's made an, he made made something of them. And, and then all these new incomings has kind of thrown that identity up in, up in a heap, I suppose. And, and it's his job to get that identity back from, from the, the, uh, the new players that have come in. Um, which is going to be interesting to see. But it was interesting, as I say, the credit in the bank. And the credit in the bank has been rewarded today with a contract up until 2025. Mm. Paddy, I suppose, first of all, first question to you is, that contract, do you think that that contract, of the, that, contract that was offered to, to, or that was offered and accepted by Steve, Steve Cooper today, do you think that has any bearing on our game on Monday? Um, short answer is no. Um, I would like to say I'm absolutely delighted for Steve Cooper because Steve Cooper's one hell of a coach. Um, I don't normally say this, but I was in a room with Steve Cooper um, as he gave a a magnificent, is the only word I can use for a speech at a coaching conference. And he is just, he, he doesn't come across as that kind of guy on TV. I think he's a little bit reserved in what he says. Sometimes I wish our manager would be a little bit more reserved. But I, I think in the long run, regardless of how this season ends up for Knott's Forest, and, and I'll put my hand up and, and say I have the utmost respect for Knott's Forest. They are a fantastic football club. Probably haven't been run properly over the years, as, as Rich alluded to. It has tremendous potential there. It's a huge fan base. Two-time champions of Europe. I think we're back-to-back champions of Europe, were they? 
that's so. certainly correct. So I, I was so looking forward to going to Forest away this year. I really, really wanted it, be it in the home end or, or the away end, whatever I was going to blag my way in there. I wanted to go to this one. And uh, yeah, I'm delighted for Steve Cooper. I think it gives him a little bit of stability and a little bit of a chance to, to, to stamp his mark on this. And it tells me that regardless of what happens, the, the owners are willing to back him and he's there for the long term. And, you know, there's... The, the, you talk about doing a, doing a Fulham, doing a Villa, doing that Forest, whatever whatever that yeah. looks like come the end of the season, do your own thing. There, there's an awful lot of players in there that need to gel together. That's, that's not going to happen overnight. That's not going to happen by the second week in October. But they're playing lovely football. They're trying to play lovely football, I should say. Um, it will take time for them to come up to speed. I think Monday night is going to come a bit too soon for them to come up to speed. But I do think there's going to be a raucous atmosphere. And, you know, they talk about atmospheres a lot. There's a great atmosphere in the city ground. It really is a brilliant old-fashioned ground like our own. It's a great place to go and watch football. They're really knowledgeable football people. Um, really older fan base. Although, when you look around now, there's a, there's a lot of young people following them, which is great. So they can build a whole new uh, a whole new um, demographic of fans within North Forest. So uh, I know this is not a Nottingham Forest podcast, but you asked the question. So that, that's my little bit about well, Nottingham Forest. But I think, I, I, regards to the manager, I think it's a fantastic move. And it's just put everything to bed. I was selfishly, I was half hoping that he would get the boot because he has got big ties with Stephen Gerrard. And I, th- I think the club would have been stupid, absolutely stupid, if he did get the boot not to bring him in in some capacity into this club. I'm not saying you bring him in and parachute him in as manager. But you bring mm-hmm. him into the backroom team because he's a coach first and foremost, and that's what he—that's what he will tell you himself. I've heard him speak, and obviously not been in a room in a conference or anything like that. But I've heard him speak, and he's in the championship last season. And with these real endearing underlying aspect to him was he spoke about coaching players, he spoke about making players better, he spoke about about figuring out how players played and things like that. And and you know when we got on board with the likes of Dean Smith, Dean Smith spoke about an ethos and a, and, and a way that people play and 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 it surfaced not too long after he he joined the club or was it or, or sorry not too long not too long before he left the club should i say uh, a video surfaced of him giving a, a talk to i can't remember was it a a business studies class in school or was it a business event he gave a talk and he alluded to, like it was just a great talk about how he built the team and so on and so forth now he built up players like Rico Henry at um, at Brentford and so on and uh, Steve Cooper comes across as that type of guy you know, and look, as I say, it's uh, we you can appreciate the guy, and but we I, I obviously want to go and put seven or eight past him at, on, on Monday as well. You know, that's there's, <laughs> there's that side to it too. Um, before we start talking about what way teams could line up, we're chock a block with segments today, guys. Absolutely chock a block with segments. The wonderful AVFC Stato has been back again, and he's given us some some really cool statistics that we're going to go through the, through now in a segment we like to call Stato Corner. <laughs> Just love that that uh, entrance music. Uh, but Stato Corner is back, guys, and uh, thank you very much to AVC Stato. I saw him in the comments there once again. The faultlessly brilliant statistical genius that is AVC Stato. And let's take a little look of some of his, at some of his wares today. So uh, Aston Villa could keep uh, could could go. And sorry, that was my bad typing there. Could go undefeated in four consecutive Premier League games on Monday for the first time since December 2020. When Dean Smith won league, the Premier League Manager of the Month award, it's it's mad that we're so kind of 
that it everything is so sandpapery at the moment when we're talking about going four games undefeated for the first time in bones in two years, you know. But that's just the kind of way that we are at the moment. Uh, that's the way that the club is uh, is the the, the the feeling around the club at the moment. But look, it's an achievement in itself if we were not to lose. Uh, and, and, and before Cross. before you move on from this one, the most extraordinary thing is. Stephen Gerrard could get nominated for manager of the month for September, having getting a draw out of Man City and beating Southampton because they were the only two games, weren't they? Yes, correct. <laughs> okay, ah, look, I'm fair enough. Yeah, 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 take it to the bank, take it to the bank. You know, you got to take those wins when you get them. Next one is Villa. Aston Villa could keep three clean sheets in a row for the first time since February 2022 on Monday night. Three clean sheets in a row would be nice. Uh, it will be very, very nice indeed. Um, no side has lost more games against promoted opponents in Premier League history than Aston Villa. There was always going to be one of those in there. There was always going to be a little, a little uh, if anyone plays Mario Why does Kart that not surprise me? Yeah, there's always one of those blue shells in there if anybody's a Mario Kart fan uh, at any stage. Uh, it was going to just hit you from behind. Uh, Aston Villa have exactly the same points after eight Premier League games this season as they did after eight games in the 20. 19-2020 season, played eight, won two, drawn two, lost four in both seasons. That's where we are at the moment. Um, the last time Aston Villa played Nottingham Forest in the Premier League, Jacob Ramsey was not even born. That's thinking. That's that's something. Twenty-two years, twenty-two years since we played. Bonkers. I'm trying to think. Twenty-two years. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop bragging now. Stop bragging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Aston Villa have only ever lost once in Premier League history against Nottingham Forest. They've played 10, won five, drawn four, lost one. That if you were to put a gun to my head, I would have said that was false. But it's not. It's absolutely true. So there's some very favorable statistics within this. Do you know what there isn't in this? Which is which and <laughs> if you've seen Stato will 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 uh probably have a little chuckle at this. I think in all of the statistics that the uh, Stato has sent me, this is the first time he hasn't sent me one that goes something along the lines of Philippe Coutinho has 12 goal involvements against this team <laughs> from his time in the Premier League. And uh you know, and every time I read, every time I, I'm going down through them, I read it and I go, I can't put that in again this week because it's, uh, it just, it's, it doesn't look like it's going to happen any time, but it's going to come good for him at some stage. I hope it does. And, and, and Coutinho hits the ground running on, on Monday. But obviously, this will be first time Coutinho will have played against Nottingham Forest in the Premier League um, in, in his career. So hopefully he sets his own new records um, against Forest next Monday. So that is a little feature we like to call Stato Corner. Production values off the scales, off the scales. Um, Paddy, talk to me about this game and I suppose your your hopes and dreams and fears with regards to this. And and we go back to Nottingham Forest first because we spend an awful lot of time talking about Aston Villa uh, and we Ooh. will talk about it in a moment. But this Forest team, the Forest team that's been played, I think one of the most surprising things that I've seen so far, uh, and and I think it's not really that surprising given the fact that in, um, I can't pronounce his name, the Inkete uh, Nikate. Musini Kate uh, and excuse me, Omar Richards have been have been injured so far. Has meant that uh, that Steve Cooper has has been playing Scott McKenna and Stephen Cook at cent at the two centre halves. And for me, that's an area that Aston Villa just have to exploit. They just absolutely have to exploit. It's like Steve Cook was Steve Cook was on his last legs with Bournemouth 
in the Premier League when they went down in 2019-2020. You know, so for him to come back and to be playing there now, for me, is mm. is an area I think that we should look to exploit. But what have you seen of, of Nottingham Forest? You mentioned they play good football or they've tried to play football, should I say, yeah. um, recently. But what, what, what have you seen from them in the main? Well, look, as I said, they try and play good football. It tends to break down quite easily in the final third. That, that's what I, I've seen. And, and they've been caught on the break many times. I, I've watched a good bit of them this season because the, the whole project intrigues me. The fact that they've basically brought bought in a whole new squad. Um, most recently, I watched uh, Monday night against Leicester where... By God, it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> like we thought, we were bad against Leeds, not being able to, to to get anything out of it. They they couldn't string anything together to, to even trouble Leicester at all. So, uh, like this is gonna this is gonna go one way or the other. For me, it's gonna be a poor performance from us, and they get something out of it, or we go and spank them. And I hope it's the latter. That I'm expecting. My heart is telling me. They were going to go and spank them, but in the, in the back of my mind is, is that little uh, little man with the hammer that's banging on my head, going "Cop onto yourself, Paddy." We still we haven't got this right all season. What what reason have I got to believe it's going to happen now? And this will all come down to seven o'clock on Monday night when we see who he puts out there, because that's the six million dollar question for this week. Um, you mentioned the two centre halves. I think they need to come up against two centre forwards. That's just my opinion. Um. That could happen if the you now I, I missed this in the in the um yeah I missed this in the press conference mainly because my eyes glazed over some of the things that he said in it and I probably lost a bit of focus but I, I missed him saying that so if it's three at the back I'd be very surprised if it's not two up top so we'll just have to wait till seven o'clock on Monday but that you know we we've spoken about this before and we've kind of said it through gritted teeth on the podcast. I think we both agree that we could do a three at the back and do it very, very well. But not not at the moment with the, the injuries that we have, unfortunately. I think I think we need Luca Dean and we need Maddie Cash in there in order to do it properly. And we need Bubakar Kamara, obviously. But I, I, I think with that, I think the fact that we've got Dendonker in there now gives us an opportunity to play it. I think Dendonker mm-hmm. actually would suit treat the back a small bit more because it would it would allow us to defend with four. And if you think about it, if Ming, if it was Ming, let's just say it was Ming's Bedner at Kanza, that that was your back three, you Dendonker uh, in midfield. People are like, there's going to be literally if that was the way it was, there would be uproar. But I think it could work. I think it could work. I but what I would what would have to happen is we would almost nearly have to go and play with one up top. Because I think we'd have to be more fluid then through midfield, and we'd have to go with, with more of a packing in midfield because he ain't going to drop McGinn. And I think that um, I, I, unless unless you go about trying out McGinn at left wing back, which uh, might be the, might be the strangest thing you think to say, <laughs> considering he's played left back before. I know I'm joking when I say this. No need to comment in, but. Um, it was uh it was just it's it's one of those things I can't see him playing this. I cannot see him playing three at the back. I think it was a throwaway comment. I like I will actually literally like my jaw will be on the floor if he plays three at the back. I don't I don't think he will. I think there I think there was a little bit of uh hopping the ball going on there. I think so too. What what's 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 the English phrasing for hopping the ball? That's that's an Irish thing to say. Can you remember what the no. Wind, wind, winding up, winding you know, up, yeah. give a bit of gamesmanship, maybe, maybe letting Cooper think that we might play three at the back. I don't know. I, do, I can't see it Monday night either. I really can't. 
I can't see it either. But I once again, we're going to be talking about. It's going to be. It looks like there's going to be no Leon Bailey, so it looks like we're going to have to make those uh, enforced changes up top. Whether Ings does come in there, whether he pushes Watkins wide, and wide right, says, yes. yeah, I think that could be something that happens. But. There's going to be a tantrum in that aspect as well. There's going to be uproar and there's going to be pissing vinegar all over the place because mm -hmm. Emi Buendia will be likely out of, the, out of the team there. The natural replacement to come in is Emi Buendia. I, I personally can't see him dropping Watkins. I, and I know that it's uh, that, that a lot of people want to see Danny Ings, but I personally don't think any, Danny Ings can... Well, sorry, I'm not going to say he can't play up top, but I think Watkins would be in there somewhere. Um, I think and it'll be what if they do play it, it'll be Watkins and Ings up top together. But once again, you know, you see the Buendia will be the fall guy for that. And uh, then there's the, once again, we're coming away from the game with questions. So there's nothing easy about this team selection. Well, there is there is, is easy things about this team selection. But I feel that there won't be anything easy about the discussion we have prior to the game and post the game, uh, because we will still have questions, I think, about this team unless we go out and we have a very comfortable 2-0 win or something like that but how can anyone be confident about that with, with Aston Villa at this moment in time well you can't be because you just don't know what way we're going to turn up um, unfortunately we might see a little bit of a bounce from that forest as well because you've got a bunch of players there who may have felt the manager was on the way out and all of a sudden there's oh shit we must, must we'll have to book up our ideas here because this fella's going nowhere so um, there's a load of ways of looking at this but I think no matter what happens, we should we should still be getting three points out of it. Um, no matter no matter what we put out on the pitch, I think we'd be more organised than them. Especially defensively, I I, I just can't see where they're going to get goals from. Um, like there's a lot there's there's good players there that are just aren't functioning properly. Jesse Lingard for me isn't functioning properly. Um, he, no, he I, I don't know. I see a good player either. Well, what? he's proved he has proved in the past that he can do it. He's done a, he, he did well for West Ham. He, he's proven he, he can do it against us only. I would say almost <laughs> exclusively, he's proven he yeah. can do it against us. Yeah, um, but and and then when we're so we're so solid at the back and they're a bit ropey at the back, I think there's only one way this could go. But you know, we're always a little bit uh, apprehensive when it comes to making predictions like that because we are Aston Villa and we're likely to fall apart. Fall apart, indeed. Uh, fall apart and we're likely to do that Paddy if I was to put a gun to your head now actually no you don't like doing predictions so I'm going to do my prediction unless you want to that is well, just I think I already predicted it <laughs> didn't I? I, well I, I said that there's nothing to suggest we're not going to win this and win this Andy I'm going with a, I, I've, I've gone with a 2-0 win Aston Villa that's, mm. that's what I I would be happy with a 2-0 win and, and to be kind of I, I'd be happy because we'd score goals but um because it's away from home, I'm and look. If people don't know me at this stage, when it's away from home, if we grind out wins, I think I'm even I'm happy with that as well. It's when we play at home and we're looking turgid that is really kind of concerning to me because we don't really have that home form since people came back into the into um, into stadia again after mm -hmm. after the, the the COVID break and so on. We haven't had that home form. The longer that goes on, the more concerning it gets because there's a reason they play home and away. You're supposed to be better at home. You're supposed to feel more comfortable there. But if yep. we can't feel comfortable at home, well, then we're shooting ourselves in the foot before we ever go out to start the season. So for mm. me, I'd be happy. I'd be, I, I I think Villa have enough to go or should have enough to go and win this game. Whether it's 2-0 or 2-1, I don't care. But I think Villa should go and win this game at, the week, uh, at next Monday night. And um, I'm not as concerned about the performance in this one as I am about the result, for a lot of reasons. Yeah, well, I, I, I would happily snap your hands off for, for a, a scrappy 1-0 win. 
as long as we're defensively sound. I don't care how the wins come, as long as we're defensively sound and we get the win. Um, that might sound like I'm being hypocritical after last Sunday, but we created the chances last Sunday. We just couldn't score. Um, this one needs to be a win. As I said, it's going to be a raucous atmosphere. The fans love Steve Cooper there. So the fans are going to be up for this Monday night. They also don't have much love for Aston Villa. So that's going to tie into it as well. Um, I, you know, from from here on in, I, I, like I, I, I'm, I'm looking... At two or three nil, that's that's the way I'm I'm thinking about this game. This is a huge game for Steven Gerrard for me, because if if he was to have a disaster here on Monday night, we then have to play Chelsea the following Sunday. Yeah, and and that's our home. And if we have a disaster Wednesday night, I can't see how we're going to turn it around to to, to and, do anything to Chelsea the following week. And arguably, so, Chelsea Chelsea did for Dean Smith last year as well when we went three at the back in that game, and we looked okay in the first half, and then Lukaku got. What was it three goals? Did he? Oh well, they they, no, they won't answer. Yeah. I I watched that through a phase uh, through a haze of Guinness. A lot of you guys may remember I did the, did the team sheet tension from a uh, beer garden. Mike the Pies, was it? Uh, Mike the Pies in in uh, yeah in Listowel and County Kerry. Mm -hmm. Um, fine pub. If anyone's ever in Ireland and you go go down around Kerry, go to Listowel and go to Mike the Pies, one of the nicest pubs you'll ever go to. Um, hashtag not sponsored. Um, talking about sponsorship. <laughs> Yeah, they can sponsor us if they like. Exactly. Talking, but not talking about sponsorship and support and so on. There's a big night going on at Aston Villa today. It's a big night going on at Villa Park, and I wanted to share up here because I was on the Villa View earlier on, and there's a lot of people uh, doing this sleep out of Villa Park. But I wanted to um, highlight Dan Bardell. Look, it doesn't matter who you support, who you sponsor, who you give the money to. But if anybody is a few pound uh, uh, kicking around there, Dan Bardell is sleeping out in Villa Park. Um, for the AVFC Foundation today, in particular the Villa Kitchen. If you go on to his, uh, his Twitter, you'll be able to see just giving uh, uh, account there and, you know, whatever uh, whatever you can afford, if you can afford anything at all, please uh, donate to it. It's going to the AVFC Foundation. We've had some wonderful people associated with the podcast who've done some great things for the foundation so far this year. Uh, Kieran O'Callaghan, as we know, jumped out of a plane. Um, there's been lots of other people. I remember two years ago, um, some of you guys might know him on, on Twitter as well. Algi, Algi, I never know how to pronounce it. He slept <laughs> out in his back garden for and it pissed rain down on top of him. And I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed following him on social media while he did it. And he raised a ton of money as well. You know, so it's something that's great. It's something the Villa do. Um, and it's something that raises a lot of money for 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 real projects in and around the area as well. Because as we know, the foundation are a real entity they're a real um help to people in need in and around the area and uh we see some of the great stuff they do from the point of view of inclusion from the point of view of uh um of everything i'm not going to list out list out everything they do for fear that i'm going to i'm going to forget any any anything that they do but uh one of the one of the things that we can be proud of as fans is our charitable organization within the foundation is is rock solid and uh long may it continue so sleep outs going on there uh, of course bardell would get a spot beside the bar as well wouldn't he uh he'd have to get one right beside the bar but uh yeah as i say he's got a fine new sleeping bag there well, he said he was we, we should point out also that this is a serious event and there's Absolutely. no alcohol on sale or allowed right. in there so it is a bit of crack that him being at the bar but that it's not a jolly up that people can go and, and drink oh, their jesus no drink themselves in, into a snooze there like this is this is a serious like it's it's october it's not summertime it's 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 yeah. a lovely thing to do. Apparently, the atmosphere is absolutely great there. And best of luck to everyone involved. 
and I, I think there's a few players going to go down and join them and give them a rousing talk. I think the people who've who've uh, gone to Villa Park today. If there's anybody here that's watching this, or if anybody watches it afterwards, get in contact. We'd love to know what festivities went on, or not even festivities. You know what I mean? If there was any anyone that came down to speak to you, I know Ian Taylor does this every year, um, and uh, I know that there's a couple of players that come down and speak. I know Tyrone Mings did it a year or two ago. Um, I know John McGinn has done it in the past, and I would imagine. Excuse me, as Captain John McGinn will probably go down and, and give a few words today um, to, to people there. But great cause, as they say. And uh, yeah, look, it's uh, I just said I'd highlight it there. There's tons of people doing this sleep out, but um, every little helps, I suppose, really for the foundation. So um, thanks for allowing us to promote that on, on the podcast here as well. Um, <coughs> guys, I must say something. I've been struggling for the last couple of days with a small bit of illness. And you might have seen me throw some seriously rotten faces as I've been drinking this pint of, pint of pink beside me here. It's diorolite. It's blackcurrant diorolite because I'm trying to get rehydrated because I haven't eaten in about two days. My God, is it disgusting. So we've drank some stuff on this podcast before. We've had whiskeys. We've had different types of beers. We've had different types of Guinness and stuff. But nothing has ever tasted as bad as that. So on that note, guys, I'm going to leave because I've dropped the rest of this, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to if I'm going to be able to keep it down. So um, I'm going to leave the podcast on that. We're going to be back with the team sheet tantrum on Monday at six fifty. Um, six fifty, yeah, eight o'clock kickoff. Six fifty. We'll be back with the team sheet tantrum on Monday. Join in, even if you're in the car and you're trying to get home. It'd be great to have you. We will also be back with a post match as well on uh, Monday after the game at roughly around 10 o'clock. So uh, stay safe over the weekend, stay healthy. And for anybody who's watching this or listening to this, this doing the sleep out, stay safe as well, guys. And um, yeah, as I say, uh, hopefully Monday will be a new start, a new dawn for Aston Villa. We can go four games unbeaten. We start to score goals and then hopefully our season kicks on from there. But the proof will be in the pudding. So until then, everybody, up the Villa. Up the Villa. Podcast Network.